The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. America, 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 yeah. This is the Is the main event Mark's podcast. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, cat dad, and the man who wants to know Blue Meanie's diet secrets. I am Troy. And with me, as always, is the main event collector and figure hunting warrior. He's the ECW Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling and the Cyrus to my Joey Styles. It's Greg. What's up, Greg? I never made that claim. Uh, you, you can be the jackal, man. <sighs> I meant about the ECW. Encyclopedia part. Hey, I made one for WWF or WWE rather uh, for WCW and one for ECW. And all of you, by the way, can go purchase your Encyclopedia of Classic Wrestling T-shirt over on our Bonfire store right now. So go do it. What are you waiting on? You should make a shirt that says ECW, the original Freakazoids. Good God, this is true. Uh, a bit. <laughs> Uh, by the way, did you happen to see the uh, the moment on this show that made it in the dark side of the ring? Yep. I honestly didn't know. I, I forgot that happened on the show. And it wasn't like a big deal. It, it was like a one-minute thing, and it was done and over with. And I was like, wait a minute, what the hell's happening? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what's happening. And it totally backfired on the guys. We'll talk about it when we get to the main event. But it like totally backfired. Whatever the hell their plan was, that just it showed how stupid they were. Yeah, you need this to tell you that. Well, yeah, it was just kind of further proof. It's like, uh, uh, you know, when you're laying out the evidence in court, it's like, look, I already buried this guy. He's definitely going to jail. But you know, let's tack on a few extra pieces of evidence here, just to make sure that jury oh, says guilty. How apropos for this, by the way, talking about juries sending people to jail. <laughs> Uh, but uh <clears throat> yeah if people don't know what we're talking about like i said stick around to when we cover the main event we'll talk about it in length there uh but there's well i don't know about it in length there's nothing really to talk about it's like a, like i said it's a quick moment it's like <laughs> they're stupid and then we move on with the match by the way i don't think this was on paper stuff, pal. uh right. i definitely well, i don't i definitely was i remember watching it yeah, uh, I think it was like, was this on uh, videotape only? Because I can't Sorry. find any any pay-per-view information. Wait, how'd you so, watch it? Uh, I, I mean, I watched it on, uh, well, not on Peacock. I watched it on the other website I usually watch pay-per-views on. But I don't know, because they were, they were talking about how on the show they mentioned how pay-per-view companies were out to get them. And normally I can find buy rates for them. There were no buy rates for this. At all. No pay-per-view I, information I didn't watch whatsoever. that at house. But. Huh. Well, maybe it was on pay-per-view and they just never released the numbers, which I mean, that tracked, but either way, hey, any ECW fans out there uh, that know more than I do, because uh, Greg and I already talked about before, we didn't really watch ECW. I honestly didn't know you really watched any ECW shows live. Uh, if my friend had it on, I would go there and watch it. Oh, man. I'm sure that was, uh, 
well, during this time, WCW kind of sucked too. So it's like you basically had WWF or nothing. Yep. This is when they were really great too. <laughs> right. Yeah. 2000, 2000 was a really good year in WWF. We talked about it before. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, in the news a lot of things going on with WWF, their TV deals and whatnot. And, uh, well, you know what time of year it is, Greg. Uh, you know what, what just happened in WCW. Oh, yep. That's, uh, that's the top story we got going on here. Uh, I knew quick, it. Though, <laughs> of course. Well, before we get into uh, our first break and then the news and notes, I do want to pause right here to tell you all about the sponsor of the podcast that we value. Today's episode is sponsored by Mahler Bros Golf. We all want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Mahler Bros Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy materials that hugs your body, you will feel cool while looking just as cool. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to golf better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Mahler Bros Golf has a large catalog of polos with designs for those who want a loud design and others for those that want a subtle and sleek looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience better. Use code BELLYUP at MahlerBros.com for 15% off. Listen to me. Listen, as a guy who has worn a lot of polos throughout his life, you need Mahler Bros Golf Signature Polos. Their polos are a comfortable, slim fit that will make you look and feel good when you're golfing with the guys. There have been way too many times I wore some generic polo shirt out on the golf course and I just, I felt crappy the whole day. My game was off. I just was self-conscious. Not with Mahler Bros. Don't wait to try out your new favorite golf apparel. Upgrade your golf attire with Mahler Bros. Get 15% off at MahlerBros.com with code BELLYUP. That's 15% off. At M-A-H-L-E-R-Bros.com with code BELLYUP. Turn heads on the golf course or wherever you wear Mahler Bros polos. Mahler Bros Golf. Look good. Feel good. Feel good. Play good. And now that we're done with that, we're going to get into our first break. On the other end of this, it's news and notes time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get ready to rumble in your new main event marks merchandise. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. By God, somebody's interrupting the main event marks. Sit down, JR. It's just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, your host of Here in Puckburg on the Hockey Podcast Network. I know, a hockey show on the main event marks. Who would have thought this is an invasion angle? 
Somewhere between the Nexus and when WCW tried to invade WWE, you know, somewhere in there. But I'm over here just telling you that one half of your tag team champions over here, Greg, he told his story of his love for the game of hockey over on my show. And if you'd like to hear that story, all you have to do is search here in Puckburg, wherever you get your podcast, or on YouTube. In the meantime, Shagamania's got to go run wild on some other hockey show. So, just remember, quote the Raven, nevermore, take your vitamins, say your prayers, and oh yeah! event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back we're back do you like your coffee like you like your podcasts gimmick and politics free well so do we here at the main event marks and so do the guys and gals at coffee brand coffee where they ditch the gimmicks You see, when you buy your coffee from other roasters, chances are that they've been sitting on the shelf for heaven knows how long. Don't rob yourself of freshness. At Coffee Brand Coffee, they roast to order, ensuring that you get the freshest coffee possible. And as Greg will tell you, that's what counts. Coffee Brand Coffee offers bagged coffee as well as K-cups. And for the non-coffee people, they offer a variety of teas and cocos. Just click on the link down to the podcast description or go to coffeebrandcoffee.com and use our promo code main event, all one word, at checkout to get 5% off your order. That's coffeebrandcoffee.com and use the promo code main event to save 5% at checkout. It is news and notes time. Got anything cracking today? Um, I do. How about that? Ah, oh, yeah. It's five o'clock, five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it is yeah. 2.30. I'll show you a picture of my box. Oh, hell yeah. Can I expect it through email or DM? <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to be healthy oh, today. <laughs> I'm trying to be healthy today. I'm just drinking water. So. Oh, this is water. It's just sparkling water. Oh, yeah. Got the flavor to it. Well, we're going to hit uh, the opening here. Get right into the news and notes. That is correct. Everything that guy just says bullshit. And news and notes time. So, WCW Bash of the Beach 2000 grew 440,000, or excuse me, 440, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. 4,400. <laughs> gosh, yeah, uh, it's not going to draw anywhere near 44,000. It drew 4,400 paid and another couple thousand papered. So a total of 6,572 people in the building. Not good. Believe me, not good. Uh, they Worst still announced pay-per-view it. ever. Well, they still announced it as a sellout of 16,000 on the show, which was uh, one of the bigger exaggerations WCW has re- recently made. <laughs> what did they say? It's, they said it was a sellout in a building that holds 16,000. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Like, good grief. Like, you you guys are effing shameless. Like, why don't you just do, like, the old, uh, like, Gorilla Monsoon and be like, ah, oh, it's a packed house here tonight. Like, that's, I saw those signs are out. Yeah. yeah. It's like, just just say it's a packed house or, ah, oh, we got a, a, a ton of uh, rabid fans here tonight or, you know, something to that effect. But it's like, really, a sellout? Especially when you drew, like, what, half a house? If they, not even, like a third of a house. 
That's uh, yep. that's that's a whopper. Well, and that brings us into this WCW developmental wrestler Chris Harris. Hey, how about that? Uh, was in a backstage segment dressed as a fake Sting and hit Vampiro with a bat so that Hulk Hogan could be seen walking out of the building with his son Nick in the background. <laughs> nice. Uh, Vince Russo then came out and cut a bad, obscenity-laced shoot promo on Hogan with the crowd not having a clue what he was talking about because most wrestling fans aren't hardcore newsletter readers. Uh, Russo talked about uh, why he came back due to his loyalty to WCW. Quote, as everyone in the WWF will attest, if nothing else, Russo is loyal. End quote. Loyal to what? Yeah, loyal to himself, maybe. Like, what, you are like how, a liberal that definition, huh? Yeah, how, how have you proved your loyalty? Like, tell me. Just, like, seriously. He's like, proved his loyalty to effing shoots, bro. Yeah, right. Bro, I proved my loyalty to Crash TV and boobs, bro. But Hulk Hogan went on the Bubba Lo- the Love Sponge radio show, which, you know, that's where all the good things happen. Uh, that age, bro. Next, you're right. Uh, he went on the very next day and told his version of the story. Hogan claimed that he was willing to put over Jeff Jarrett, but then he found out that Vince Russo had no plans to use him after that, and uh, only then did he insist on winning the title, which made Russo go nuts and said that Russo was cursing him out while Eric Bischoff was apparently def- on Hogan's side and no. was arguing yeah, and was arguing with Russo over it. Uh, then they all called Brad Siegel who agreed with, uh, to Hogan winning the title. And so they, and along with Johnny Ace, worked the match and the finish, which involved Russo running in. Wow, uh, no, that happened. Yeah, right. Uh, but then Scott Steiner would come out and chase Russo off, leading to Hogan winning the belt. Hogan said that it was... Uh, right. Uh, Hogan said that he knew that something was up when Russo came out at the beginning of the match. Uh, after it all went down, he said that he went looking for Russo backstage, but WCW security head Doug Dillinger told him not to risk a lawsuit and escorted him out of the arena. And as we've mentioned before, Greg, nobody f***s with Doug Dillinger. <laughs> ECW, I think that's what started all that sense. Yeah, right. Uh, and Hogan also claimed that Russo had someone watching his back, reportedly Scott Steiner, in case Hogan tried anything. Oh, well, you know, because if there's one person I'm scared of, you know, going rogue and beating the crap out of me backstage, it's Hulk Hogan. Not saying he, well, at least he couldn't. He, at least he got the right it. guy, the ordered up freak, to watch his back. Right. I've never heard of, like, no, no one has ever talked about Hulk Hogan being, like, so unprofessional backstage, he's literally beating people up. But I, I could see him making an exception for Vince Russo. So. Well, I see a lot of people making an exception for Russo, though, to be fair. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I mean, no matter what he does, though, I don't think physical violence is the answer. Cause, yeah. yeah. Well, WC, or Hulk Hogan's WCW contract calls for him to work two more pay-per-view shows, one before the end of the year, and another before April 2001. He also has creative control in regards to the match and finishes as well. Uh, yeah, the, none of that's happening. He'll wrestle the WWE again before he will hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Uh, he gets out of the contract. He goes around. He tries the XPW, brother. Or not. No, not XPW. What the? Do you remember what the hell it was? XWL uh, or something? Let me look it up. Hold on. Or XWF. Yeah, I, I, don't re- I don't remember. I think that may be it, actually. Yeah, because I, I remember it never hit the <clears throat> it never hit the airwaves. They they tried. Yeah. yeah. And uh, go figure. The colors are red and yellow. Of course, <laughs> that was Hulk Hogan, Jimmy Hart, LOD, uh, the Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like good God, just, you know he's got God a really weird him. inner circle. <laughs> right. Then when you you see the ones that he brought into to TNA when he went in there, and it's like, really? These guys, the big Falbowski? Come on, man. Like, not that Sean Morley sucked or anything, but what name value did he have in 2010? And I by still the way, laugh that he absolutely loves Chef Hardy. He was completely different than his style. <laughs> right. He's completely, like, maybe the opposite kind of person to Hulk Hogan in every way, <laughs> shape, and form. But, no, uh, Jeff Hardy was his guy that he wanted to lead TNA into the future. Also, the the Val Venus thing, Sean Morley, whatever the hell you want to call him, I will never get over the fact that he debuts just out of the blue and has an impromptu match with a guy who is just in the last pay-per-view main event wrestling for the world title, and he beats him. A borderline squash, mind you. Yeah, I will never effing get over that. That was just, like, that blew my mind. Like, hey, brother. Got to get over the big Valbosky, you know what I'm saying? That works for him, brother. Well, Kevin Nash... You know, no matter been... where Daniels is gone, he's never gotten a fair shake. Yep, sad. I mean, he was the Ring of Honor champion, but that was at the dying days of it, if you want to consider living today. today. Right, yeah, he finally got his due. But Kevin Nash has not been shy about telling people that he plans to return to the WWF in about 15 months when his contract expires. He hopes to have a, a final run of matches with top guys like Austin and Rock and then retire from wrestling and hopefully become a booker. Well, uh, thank God they never made Kevin None of that a booker. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does pop up in uh, in WWF and yeah, it was about yeah, 15 months, wasn't it? He doesn't, really, he doesn't really get any matches, though, does he? Uh, Well, no, but the NWO pops up right before WrestleMania. February. Yeah, was, February. Yeah. Or two. Yeah, so this was, is uh, July 2000? Yes. So, three, four, five, six, seven. That's 19 months. Okay. So he got a few uh, few extra months sitting at home, you know, doing nothing. <laughs> uh, they, I, I wonder if it was because they were waiting for, like, all three of their contracts to expire, and they all expired oh, it had to be times. Yeah. yeah. So that's the only thing I can think of. But... Yeah, I mean, they did work with Austin and Rock just, um, you know, kind of separately, and it wasn't, like, his thing. I don't know. So, But I will say, after the debacle of just, like, his crap helping to book WCW, thank God they never let him anywhere near the book in WWE. Booked it into uh, to its grave. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, can you imagine, like, if, if he stayed healthy long enough, he's like, Hey, I see that uh, that Orton kid's getting over uh, pretty well. Uh, maybe put him in the ring with me. Yeah, let him take the jackknife. Let him take it. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, you know how uh, the the famous story DDP always told about Macho Man? He was like, I think I want to take the diamond cutter tonight. It's like with Kevin yep. Nash. With Kevin Nash, it would be the opposite, where he's like, uh, I think I want you to take the jackknife tonight. Can't wait to kick out of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll pin you with one boot, all right? Don't even think about kicking out. So he's on top of my list for uh, WrestleCon in Detroit if he's there. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's one guy I haven't met in person. I would, If I only have money to meet one person, it'd be him. Especially in Detroit, man. Like, hell yeah. But the great Muta finally made his return on Nitro and got a shockingly huge pop, considering his last major run in the United States was back in 1989. I didn't even think about that. And this I mean, isn't, uh, they, well, I mean, the internet's there, but not like, as big as it is today, people won't just know who he is. Right, yeah, the cash, the casuals, bro, they don't, they don't know who he is. Plus, uh, Russo would be like, bro, he's Japanese. Like, why would the crowd like him, bro? <laughs> he doesn't look like him, he wears face paint, and he, he speaks another language. How can I relate with that, bro? Right. We really said this stuff. People don't believe us. Go look it up. Yep. Pathetic. Idiots. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. That's that's the same thing as those people that we make fun of. That's like, oh, I need to see myself in this character for me to actually care about it. It's like, why? Like, I'll why show my you... middle finger and be like, see yourself in this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, why do you need to, quote, see yourself in everything, man? <laughs> I, I need to identify with them. Yeah, you know what? I love the game Ghost of Tsushima. I can't identify with... A, a an ancient Japanese samurai dude at all. Not even like 1%. But the game is damn good, so I like it. Oh no, he's not a short little white guy. I can't identify with him. I'm still struggling to figure out what the hell people mean when they say that. They have to be just like you? Well, yeah. I should stop playing Grand Theft Auto. I should stop playing Grand Theft Auto then. Yeah. Uh, Rick Flair and Conan both had surgery from Dr. James Andrews in Birmingham on the same day. Uh, Flair for a rotator cuff and Conan for a torn tricep. Flair hopes to be back in September, while Conan won't be cleared until October. Hmm. I don't know the timeline, but I know I know Conan does come back. I, I don't know when, though. I'm going to assume Flair, this. Is Flair definitely comes back because he's managing the Magnificent Seven at uh, Sin. Now in the archives, oh. I believe. No, we have not done sin. <laughs> that is, uh, oh, thank God. Uh, wow, that all no... ties hand in hand. Thank God for not doing sin. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say, what do you mean, thank God? That just means we, we can do it in the future. So, buckle up, uh, Buckaroo. <laughs> good God. I've mostly booked January. You know what? I'm looking at my calendar, uh, and I think I'm sick that day. For fun. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I've mostly... Hey... Good luck. Uh, you know, uh, good for you. I, I've mostly booked January at this point, and uh, it, Sin is not yeah, on there. Yeah, well, there were, I'm there sure you'll put shows. Sin in there with whatever show you have on there. That's a repeat. <laughs> hey, I've been double-checking now because I've done this, what, two, three times already. So now I've been, like, super anal about it. It's like, have we done it? Where is it? Anyway, uh, Brad Hart is hoping to find out in a few weeks if he has a chance of returning to the ring. It's believed that he suffered multiple concussions in a short period of time. Yeah, that um, that's not going to end well. Really to return to the ring at WrestleMania 26. Yeah, 
yeah, that was uh, <laughs> a, a match. And he wrestled, quote unquote, wrestled in uh, big ass jean shorts and a hockey. Because, you know, that's the Bret Hart we all know and love. That's Canadian. <sighs> yeah, right. This one, I, this hurts just reading it, man. Johnny the Bull got injured on Nitro last week, suffering Johnny a the Bull, by the way, was Relic. Which, uh, might I add, is killer, spelled backwards, of course. And then he went on to be, and then in the Indies, he went on to be Red Rum, which is murder, spelled backwards, of course. <laughs> uh, he suffered a ruptured bladder and some other pelvis injuries and a torn up buttocks, whatever that How means. do you, what, what the hell was he doing? Uh, I think he hit, uh, I think he hit the turnbuckle or something. I can't remember. <laughs> I remember specifically he had to be carried out. I mean, for obvious reasons. I like how, by the way, the injury, the one part of his injury is just labeled as a torn up buttocks. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard bladder in there, too. I'm trying to figure out what the hell he was doing. Well, I don't know if I want to know. Well, he's expected to be out of action for about two months. It turns out he, he had a torn urethra. Hot. Damn. Damn. So he went in dick first. <laughs> Ow. I didn't say it. I wanted it to be said, but I didn't want to say it. <laughs> oh, man. It, that sucks, though, man. Like, ow. Like I said, that hurts just reading it. Uh, well, even worse than that, man. I have, I have terrible... Okay, the, the urethra is about not like a half a centimeter. How do you hurt that? It's not a big target. Uh, if you uh, if you f up your penis, man. I mean, that's uh, yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, I I have I have terrible news, man. This is the worst news oh, of the entire no. podcast. I can tell it's it's bad. Kid Romeo has been released. No. Oh, uh, he'll be back. <laughs> yeah. So what I so what you're saying, Greg, is hashtag plans changed. Definitely changed. Yeah, because I was going to say, I'm pretty damn sure he's on uh, one of the... F- well, he's on he Creed, on the, isn't he? He's on the final nature, I can tell you that. Oh, okay. Him and Skipper he- lose the Rey Mysterio and Kidman. Oh, yeah. Lose the their coveted uh, cruiserweight tag team titles. Right. We never I'm- see again, which kind of hurts to this day. Dude, like I said, those titles look like they ordered them off of one one of those websites where you can get like the, the fantasy football championships and crap like that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they were awful. I, as much crap as people talk about the, the current WWE tag titles, those are miles ahead of this crap. I looked at those things and went, yuck. You ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> right. Ugh, man. This one is actually, uh, I mean, it sucks for him, but it's a positive story. Bam Bam Bigelow recently made news for saving several children from a house fire and suffering second-degree burns on over his body. He was burned on more than 40% of his body and was hospitalized for two months. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, that part sucks, but damn. Like, I mean, you and I have talked about some effed-up stuff he's said and done in the past, whatever, but, I mean, you ran into a burning building to save children. Like, that's... That's the epitome of hero right there, man. Zero training, by the way. Or at least I would assume. Could be wrong. 
Oh, he's got the flames all over his head, so. Yeah, maybe maybe he thought that made him impervious. He's like, bro, I'm already covered in flames, bro. He's from Jersey, <laughs> so I assume he says bro. I don't know. Joey's <sighs> Right. Uh, getting into the WWF side of things here. There was lots of legal threats surrounding the USA, WWF, TNN, ECW drama. After losing in court, the USA Network is expected to appeal the decision to try to keep WWF Raw on their channel. Uh, because Raw is the highest rated show on their channel, and USA has to uh, show stockholders that they're trying everything possible to keep it uh, keep from losing the show. Uh, without Raw, USA is in grave danger of losing their spot as the highest-rated primetime cable network. However, however, however. The, the appeal has not been filed as of now, and everything is still a go for Raw to debut on TNN in September. And it happens. This just seems like bitching, moaning, and crying at this point. Man, we don't want you to go. It's like try it harder then. Yeah, and like. What do you think would be the positive outcome of them sticking around? Obviously, you'd get ratings. But don't you think they would pull an ECW and just trash your network on air, like, during their show? I, I would assume. Yeah. Like, you're forcing them to keep their show on your network when they clearly don't want to. And what legal grounds did they think they had? Obviously, none, because it was, you know, they were tossed out of court twice. But good God. This is just... Dum da dum dum. <laughs> speaking of losing money, speaking of losing money though, Dr. Pepper is the latest company to pull their advertising from the WWF and, in fact, all wrestling programming in the wake of the PTC's campaign. For people that don't know, I think that was the, the was it the Parent Teacher Council? Yep. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so that's uh, yeah. Uh, even though the WWF has heavily toned down their content in, uh, <laughs> I wonder who isn't there to book anymore. Uh, the PTC hasn't let on let up on them, likely because the WWF decided to turn or to turn it into a personal feud, which did nothing but piss off the PTC. The Stephen Richards character is clearly a riff of the PTC, and while no. it's funny, <laughs> right, dude? As a kid, I had no idea. I like I didn't follow this crap. I didn't know. But as an adult looking back, it's like, yeah, that's obvious. Like, duh. But, uh, yeah, so, anyway, while it's funny, all it's doing is giving the PTC more reason to keep harassing their sponsors. UFC has proven that there is a domino effect to bad publicity like this, and it's now happening to with WWF as sponsors continue dropping like flies due to the PTC pressure, and it probably would have been in WWF's best interest to work out a peaceful compromise when this all started. What the, what peaceful compromise could there be? They don't want you to exist. Something tells me it'll all be fine. Yeah, right. God dang it, pal. We gotta go PG. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, the PTC, I, I don't know if it's still called that, but these groups have been around for a long time, and last I knew, they were still hounding certain networks. There is a show on, don't ask me what network off the top of my head, maybe Fox, but it was called Lucifer. And it's based on a comic book version of, uh, of Lucifer and his story and whatever. And I remember them protesting the channel and protesting the show and whatever. Even though it comes on late at night, 
uh, after most children's bedtimes. But they protested the show and the channel and called for the cancellation and all this other crap. And it's like, good God, man. It's not like it's, you know, porn being shown on network television. Like, Bro. I don't know. <laughs> Bro, boobs. But my thing is, like, you and I talked about this. You know parents who, uh, you know, whose kids don't watch certain things because, hey, the parent pays attention to what the hell their kids are watching. They're like, don't watch that. And it's like, okay, that's the end of it. But either way, Steve Austin is said to be getting back into great shape, but he's still at least another month or two away from returning. And he still has to meet with doctors to get uh, an idea of just how he'll be, he'll be able to do when he does return. Uh, Austin has been telling people that he wants to return, but if he can't perform at the level he wants to be at, then he won't because he doesn't want to come back and just live off his name value like Hulk Hogan while not being able to deliver in the ring. <laughs> hot damn. Wow. A hot take. Yeah, right. I mean, he's not entirely wrong about that because, I mean, but then again, I, like, did the quality go down that much in Hogan matches? Uh, let's be honest. It's not like he was pumping out five star classics, all right? Well, that's not what Dave Meltzer said, is it? Yeah. Well, and and the thing with uh, with Austin, I mean, it's kind of something similar, where it's like, how many wrestling moves and big time like holy crap moments did he pull off? There's a lot of punching, kicking, brawling. He did his Luthez press and the stunner, and that was about it. I he could have lived off of that for the next like five years at least. But now he comes back. He has a uh, has a match at the upcoming WrestleMania, uh, the WrestleMania after that, and then he's gone ski for the next quite a few years. Obviously, he came back and wrestled Kevin Owens at uh, two WrestleManias ago, but yeah. And that was fantastic, by the way. And again, it was a Stone Cold style match. There was how many wrestling moves did you see other than like, I think there were maybe two suplexes in the match? But, but One was out in the crowd. <laughs> Right. Frickin' Austin took a suplex on the ground. I was like, God dang. Been out of the ring for how long? Uh, for your hurt back and neck? And then you're like, hey kid, how about you suplex me on the damn concrete? Like, holy God, man. But you were there live, so you're, you're a lucky bitch. I mean, you kind of figured they were gonna actually going to have a match, right? Because obviously they didn't set it up like a match. It was just oh, yeah, uh, Kevin Owens. Show. Day. Right, yeah. It's like we were just kind of like sitting there on the edge of our seat, like, do it, do it. <laughs> and and by God, it happened. So on the latest OVW taping, they debuted some nerd named Shelton Benjamin in a short match against the Collector. <laughs> Let's take a moment to appreciate that name. Who the hell is the Collector? No effing clue. Uh, gone Let's forever, bro. Let's look it up. Hold on. You said OVW, right? Yeah. The collector. I'll bet you it's somebody. Uh, I'm gonna say it was a local talent. Oh, oh, it's it's uh it's Sylvester Turkai. Oh yeah, okay. He looks a lot. He looks a lot different in this picture, though. I have a Jax figure of him. Why? <laughs> Why not? You know my collection. He came in a two pack with Elijah Burke. Uh, you remember when Elijah Burke was just like his his uh, hype guy? 
Yep, his trick Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, anyway, it was a shoot-style amateur wrestling-type match, and Benjamin, who was portrayed as some jobber, got the surprise pinfall. Uh, and uh, Benjamin is apparently a really good athlete, and this is his first real match, and he was still obviously green, but has a ton of potential. Well, uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, he won't do much. Yeah, right. I still feel like they kind of missed the boat on that guy. Like He's still there. I know. That's the thing. Right. And I feel like, I mean, it's not like he's done nothing in his career. I'm not saying that. But you remember when he was having that feud with Triple H and, like, putting on great matches and people were, like, on his side and everything, like, really going for him? Mm -hmm. Like, he was hot as hell then and just nothing. Shortly after that, it was just like, uh, we need somebody to do a big holy crap spot in this ladder match. Throw in Shelton. Oh, he always delivered, too. Yep. I, uh, you remember the gold standard? Yeah. He said he wanted yeah. to be Cisco. <laughs> oh, man. I have a Mattel figure of that. They, they made a Mattel figure of that? Well, I found him at a local, uh, you know, the store called Marshall's is. I've heard of it. It's a clothing store. Found him there, and I didn't know it was a chase, so I opened it up. And yeah, so huh. the chase was gold standard. Yeah. I, oh, actually, I have a Marshalls not far from where I live. I thought it was just like a furniture store. No, it's just clothing. Like, I don't think there's any furniture at all. Yeah, cool. Well, thank I've, you. I've honestly never been in one, so yeah, I was... <laughs> there, was a, there was a debate, because like, they were opening it up for the longest time. It took them forever to open and but they had to sign up, and me and my wife kept driving by, and every time I'd be like, "What the hell is Marshalls?" I was like, "I don't think I've ever been in one." And we would always be like, "Ah, furniture store? I I don't know." Like, it's a good guess. Yeah. Well, the idiots. Uh, this is a funny thing. It, it's a uh, one of those tin roofs or uh, or metal roofs, whatever, and they like painted it, but not with like good paint. So they've been open like six months, and half the paint is already wore off the roof. Good lord. Yeah, I'm like, dude, why? <laughs> like, well, again, uh, answer to be like you, why not? <laughs> right. Oh, God. But anyway, uh, that takes us to this portion of the podcast, which uh, we have some stuff after this segment. But uh, yeah, let's hit it. This week in ECW. So, By me, sir. My Jewish father lawyer. Right. Uh, well, his Jewish father lawyer ain't helping him out with this one. Because following the TNN announcement, the cancellation of ECW uh, effective in September, or of the cancellation of ECW effective in September, ECW is now threatening legal action against the network, claiming TNN violated their contract by not properly promoting ECW as part of their deal. TNN is arguing that ECW failed to meet the expected 2.0 average rating that was expected, but Heyman argues that the contract stipulated that they couldn't be canceled due to ratings as long as they didn't fall below an 0.6 rating, which they never did. Uh, I mean, good for them, I guess. But a big part of it seems to be that TNN's unhappiness with Heyman repeatedly bashing the network on his show, TNN claims that the whole anti-TNN stuff was uh, 
Justin Angle to try to turn the fans against the network because Heyman knew that they were likely going to get canceled when slash if the WWF deal got worked out. I mean, yeah. I mean, a little like, bit. Didn't Heyman, yeah. Didn't Heyman admit that? Yep. I, I was going to say, I, I feel like everyone tried to do that to, to babyface e, ECW and uh, uh, just crap on the network, which, I mean, not sure if smarts or, uh, you know, whatever. But either way, by portraying it as a TNN versus ECW thing, Heyman could make the fans believe that they were canceled because the network held a grudge against them and because of WWF rather than because of low ratings. Uncle Dave points out that despite not meeting the hoped-for 2.0 number, ECW has always been TNN's highest-rated Friday night show, and if the WWF hadn't got, deal hadn't gone through, TNN almost certainly would not have canceled them. So claiming it's due to uh, low ratings is certainly not true. That's not true. Roller Jam was probably higher rated. Good God. Dude, did you, <laughs> did you catch on this show how much they crapped on Roller Jam? Mm-hmm. So I brought it up. Like, good God. <sighs> yeah. Well, I know it's it's no ECW, but you know it's garbage too. Oh, absolutely! I've I've never watched a second of it, and uh, well, there's a reason. Well, on top How of the fact that dare I, you? Well, on top of the fact that I never even heard of Roller Jam back when it was actually on the air. You know, I did only because I watched ECW. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask me why. <laughs> Well, yeah, well that, that was the thing, though, that they actually got ECW to try to uh, in, entice people to, like, stick around after to watch Roller Jam. And even ECW fans were like, nope, jumping off this sinking ship. Dude, when you got ECW fans going, I'm not watching this crap, then you've got <laughs> a bad product. Uh, kind of like when ECW fans won't watch GCW, what does that tell you? Yeah, right. Yeah, I think we have a mutual friend that was a an ECW fan, and uh, I think he like turns his nose up at GCW. Garbage. Because he'll always message me and be like, "Oh, this ECW wasn't that bad," and I'm like, "Define not that bad." Like, what are we holding the standard I'll, up against? I'll say there was a couple of events that weren't that bad. Right. Yeah. The, and we show, the company of the show as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh. That's. Big questionable, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, Paul Heyman apparently didn't think too highly of Raven during his most recent ECW run. Heyman says that he felt like Raven did nothing for the company this past year and spent most of his time there partying and getting out of shape. And says he didn't clean up or start act, uh, trying to get back into shape until only recently uh, when he realized that WWF wasn't going to uh, take him otherwise. As of this week, Heyman has not yet given Raven his release, uh, but he's expected soon, and or he's expected yeah, to come soon. soon, right? And Raven's already got his WWF paperwork in hand. <laughs> I got to put out the door, <laughs> dude. This is the literally the second time this has happened. Only this time, WWF isn't going to get served papers. Well, I, I'll fax you his contract, sir. You remember that whole thing with WCW? Yes, I do. It was like, or they were like, I, he, he kept just, the archives. Uh, I want to say it was Fall Brawl 98. Yeah, something like that. 97, maybe. Yeah, because it was, uh, I, 
I like how it was, oh, well, he has a contract, so therefore he cannot work for you. And when they're like, okay, well, just, uh, you know, what, what, what's the proof? And, and Paul Heyman's proof was literally, trust me, bro. <laughs> you can take my word for it, sure. Uh, yeah, because <clears throat> if there's one dude whose word I'm going to take, it's Paul effing <laughs> Heyman in the 90s. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, that he would rather climb a tree and tell a lie than stand on the ground and tell the truth. <laughs> okay. That you couldn't believe him if his tongue was notarized. Uh, did I did I get them all in at this point? I think you did. Okay. Good crap, pal. Got uh, it, pal. So, this one, this one makes me freaking laugh. There was a weird incident with Bob Backlund at an ECW show, and apparently it's not an angle. <laughs> That's a, a weird incident. I'm stuck in, on that. Yeah, involving Bob Backlund. Like, literally every part of this story... I can believe. <laughs> he was like, looking for registered voters. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, well, apparently here it was... Uh, where's Poughkeepsie? Is that, uh, is that New York? Poughkeepsie, New York? Um, yeah. Okay, so that's where, yeah. that's where this uh, story is happening. So, <laughs> God. Um, I don't even know what to do with any of this. Yeah, right. Well... Backlund showed up to an ECW event in Poughkeepsie and was hanging out backstage before the show, uh, which I, I'm sure that was just a, a, a sight to behold, man. I don't even know where to go with that one. Uh, I, I can't imagine Bob Backlund, with his background, uh, you know, hanging out backstage at ECW. Yeah, it's like lamb and tuna fish, right? Yeah, right. Um, well, maybe he was there to see the king of old school like that's the only that's the only thing i can think of later during a kid cash cw anderson match which you know you can't interrupt that uh, bob hecklin went out in the crowd and started doing his usual gimmick being wacky and arguing with fans and whatnot right in the middle of the match which obviously distracted the crowd and uh pissed off apparently some people backstage security ended up taking backlin out of the building good god all this tracks yeah. So you mean in 2000, just if, if you were at a wrestling show, any company, a wild Bob Backlund may appear. Yeah. Wow. Like he's a damn, <laughs> like he's a damn Rattata in Pokemon or something. <laughs> a wild Bob Backlund appears. That's what it comes down to. Like, holy crap. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> anyway. Uh, one final story I got for you here. This one you may know more about than me, and we've we've talked about this guy in the past. So, in brief MMA news, Hoist Gracie had a big interview where he talked about various opponents he's faced. He trashed Ken Shamrock, basically calling him a UFC creation and a paper champion. Uh, that's uh, yeah. What happened to Hoist when he had a fight by the rules? Yeah, right. Well, when asked about Khalid uh, Ismail, I don't know who that is, uh, but who beat Grace uh, Gracie in uh, 1998 in a five-minute match, he made excuses about coming into the fight injured. When asked about uh, Kazushi Sakuraba, who beat Gracie in a 90-minute match recently, uh, he made a bunch of more of excuses, claiming that uh, Sakuraba tapped out earlier in the fight 
and the ref just didn't see it. <laughs> Good God. Claiming that Sakuraba spent most of the fight running from him and that he was a dirty fighter and so forth. Hmm. Sore loser much. Yeah. So he just spent this entire interview crying. Bro, he cried, bro. Like you did when Matt Hughes kicked his ass. When did Matt Hughes kick his ass? Was it in the late 80s? I want to say it's 2003. Uh, okay, so that's still coming up. So he, he was bitching and crying before uh, Matt Hughes even had his way with him. Pretty sad. That's, uh, ap- that's an apt term. Had his way with him because he did. <laughs> Destroyed him. <sighs> Man. Made him call him daddy. You and I have talked about that before, where Boyce Gracie just loves to bitch and complain and make excuses and all that. Like, Oh, hell yeah. The old school guys hate the, at the time, the new rules. It's not yeah, regulated. Like, well, what do you mean? I got to follow rules and, and make things fair. That That's not right. How am I supposed to win? You think Abbott went off on it, too. Oh, yeah. He bitched and complained and everything else under the sun. Like, dude, get, I can't be a pound morons anymore. <laughs> right. Uh, I can't be the toughest guy at the barbecue anymore, man. That sucks. It's <laughs> all he ever was, too. Yeah. So, oh, man, we're I, getting a letter. Yeah, so I, so instead, I'm going to bitch, moan, and cry, and I'm going to call one of the greatest fighters on the planet gay boy. Because, you know, that makes me look like the bigger, tougher man. Yeah, that boy would kick the piss out of him. That does it for the news and notes. Are you ready to get into the event? No. Oh, come on, man. All right, well, we're going to take our next break. On the other end of this, it's ECW time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. What's up, everybody? I am the hardest part of the ring, the host of the Apron Bump podcast. Ugh, another wrestling podcast. How many times can I listen to fans tell me who needs a push, who doesn't need a push, who brings Vince's coffee these days? Enough! The Apron Bump is about the journey. It's about nostalgia. It's about discovering new forms of wrestling to really tickle your pickle as a wrestling fan. The podcast brings you reviews of wrestling events all over the world, whether it's WWF, WWE, WCW, ECW. We even cover the golden eras of Ring of Honor, Progress, TNA, and more promotions in the future as well. New episodes every Wednesday. Bump day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Go to apronbump.com or go to your favorite podcast platform or YouTube and subscribe today for the most diverse, fan-friendly wrestling podcast in the world. I'm hard. Event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. And we're back. It is ECW Heatwave 2000. Took place July 16th, 2000 at the Grand Olympic Auditorium in Los Angeles, California. Uh, do you know where that is? I know that's on the other side of the state from you. No, it's probably some... Uh volleyball arena well the attendance was 5700 so honestly for an ecw show that's that's not hateful so but we start off on the beach with a skinny blue meanie now or 
the Blue Boy, with uh, Chessman St. Clair. Blue Boy picks on some dude and, who argues back with him. Jasmine low blows the guy, and Blue Boy punches him. He now goes, or we now go to Sinister Minister on the beach, hyping up the show and talking about Los Angeles. Uh, before we see Mikey Whipwreck buried up to his head in sand, smiling, and Sinister Minister laughing. Right. What the fuck was this, man? I have no idea. I watched so it though, uh, and I'm like, this screams ECW. Yeah, just, just a wee bit. But we now head into the arena where... And you wonder why our... no one takes you serious. Yeah, right. Well, but, bro, we had a porn star, bro. Her boobs were showing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, by the way, I like how Blue Meanie is, like, in the opening, and they're like, oh, we gotta get Jasmine St. Clair on here, and Blue Meanie, or whatever. He's not on the show. Like, Sinister Minister and Mikey Whipwreck are at least on the show. Blue Meanie's nowhere. He's the blue so, guy. He's always on the show. Yeah, He's so on the show the right here. So what the hell was the point? By the way, this must have been after he must have got fired from WWF and came back to ECW. I will say, maybe he lost all that weight because he did go back to ECW and the checks kept bouncing and he couldn't afford to eat. Wow. Well, that, I, seems lo- that seems logical, doesn't it? I mean, I guess, but you didn't have to say that. Hey, you're going to hell. It's, it's well documented that uh, that the checks kept bouncing for damn near everybody. So, but anyway, we now head into the arena, and per our uh, pre-agreed, uh, our uh, earlier agreement, Joey Styles and Joel Gertner introduce us to the pay-per-view. Not shockingly, Cyrus comes out to interrupt. Why did they do this every? show. <laughs> because they had to find somebody to get Gertner out of there. Every damn time. It was like, oh, we're going to have Joey Styles and Joel Gertner. And I knew for a fact, no, you're not. <laughs> like, just start us off with Styles and Cyrus and be done with it, man. Damn. Oh, because big... Gertner has to get beat up. Yeah, it's like, have Gertner come out, do his little disgusting limerick and get the F out. And then Osiris come in. Like, I, I don't... Whatever. Lazy booking. I'll use it <laughs> this week. But, not shockingly, Cyrus comes out to interrupt, and he repeatedly shouts, Excuse me! Like the future Vicky Guerrero. And then asks, Do you know who I am? Like the future Bully Ray. Unfortunately. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know who you are. You're Jackal of the, of the Truth Commission. But, anyway... Uh, Gertner and Cyrus argue back and forth uh, with a ton, like a metric ton of gay jokes back and forth. And they yeah, well, two thousand a little more, more loose. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that is correct. And and it wasn't just like normal gay jokes, whatever. No, they're dropping the big F word, the bundle of sticks word, over <laughs> and over. Oh, God. Yeah. You watch this on, on Peacock. Did they bleep any of that or just leave it all in? No, they they, they don't. They leave it in, but they also give you a warning, too, at the beginning. Oh, uh, well, there you go. They should put a warning on every ECW show, and for all I know, they might. <laughs> but anyway. You really have uh, to. Isn't it kind of redundant? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, there should just be a, a warning label. It's like, if you're watching this, you know what you've you're already, watching. If you watch this, you've already gotten yourself into it too deep. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, you know what you've done. All right, you don't need us to tell you. 
But anyway. Uh, <laughs> do you remember do you remember when Eric Bischoff was on Raw for the Miz and Maurice's wedding like a couple months back? Yeah. He's like he's like, is anybody that objects? And then he pauses and goes, Ah hell, we know how this is gonna end. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, like, oh hell, we know this show's gonna go. <laughs> Wasn't there I'm trying to think of who it was. There was like a contract signing in there and uh somebody like said something about like, ah, is this the part where uh, you put somebody through the table or something yeah, that like was, that? Yeah, that was CM Punk. He goes, we know this is going to end. I mean, a big schmoz. Someone's going through the table. Or it's getting flipped over. <laughs> <laughs> Sign the contract in blood. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, good God. But anyway, Joel Gertner gets tired of all this and says that he doesn't want to be on the show or on TNN. Uh, you know, where they don't appreciate them. Appreciate us. <laughs> and uh, he said he hates the network. He then starts to walk away and then jump Cyrus from behind. Security hits the ring now. Finally, they take Gertner away, and Cyrus says that he wants him in jail. Now, we know the law, Greg. If you do it in a wrestling ring, it's not illegal. It's true. There's, there's that, cameras everywhere, so. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> we, always, uh, we always joke about that, where it's like, yeah, committing a, a federal crime is always okay when you're doing it on national television. <laughs> Like tw- like 20,000 witnesses. Yeah, right. Well, Big Sally Graziano and uh, Tony Mamaluke come to the ring now, and Big Sal just starts taking out referees. Why? God, he is a load, man. I forgot how big he was. <laughs> that, that is correct. But he almost looks like a hardcore Italian version of Frankie the Enforcer. <laughs> oh, God, right? <laughs> he has, like, that his is- facials. And Tony Mama Luke was uh, was little was uh, Joey. Yeah, right. You gotta look at same hairstyle too. Tony the Rat. <laughs> yeah, or Tony, that was it. Tony, Tony the Rat. I, I, no, I think no, it's Joey. That's Joey. It is Joey. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just think Tony is uh, that's his name. So Tony the Rat. I gotcha. I I, I feel you now. Or as uh, a friend of ours used to say, I smell you. But. Well, that's what we're going to be saying at uh, WrestleCon, but I digress. Uh, I smell this event. <laughs> by the way, got to ask, why the hell did he just start coming out and start beating the crap out of referees? Um, reasons. You know why? Because he, he needed something to fill in the, the, two, the, the rest of the uh, gap he had, because it's actually going to be about two minutes or so. So he <laughs> needed something to not take it well, ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, because <laughs> when I look at Big Sal, I think cardio... Uh, but anyway, uh, well, you know why, Greg? Me, right? But either way, uh, this is before uh, Balls Mahoney comes out. I thought Balls Mahoney hates referees. I mean, that's what Joey Styles always told us. And he will tell you here, too. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, he, he got ejected from uh, amateur wrestling for punching a referee, and he can never go back. He got banned for life. He can't even sit in the stands during a wrestling meet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they're checking IDs. Right. They like they just got a wanted poster uh, at like every event. <laughs> Have you seen this man? <laughs> it says uh, real name Santa Claus. <laughs> it's really hard to miss him. Dude. He sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, right. Uh, if he's carrying his own chair, don't let him in. Anyway, uh, this match is uh, big Sally Graziano with Tony Mamaluke in his corner versus Balls Mahoney. Goes about a minute and a half. Because, hell yeah, we needed this to open the show. Yeah. So, so Big Why Sal... Why do you say that like, sarcastically? 
Ah, you know what? You know, that was one of the greatest matches in the history of ECW right here. Shut the f*** up. (laughs) (laughs) A big Sal uh, makes uh, pretty short work of balls with a belly-to-belly suplex for the pin. Yeah, man, if I get that much man boob slamming on top of me, I'm done, too. Uh, Short work of balls. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Jasmine St. Clair made short work. You know what? Never mind. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this a dud. What say you? Yeah, I didn't even rate it. <laughs> as, as you like to say, it was a segment with between two bells. <laughs> Good God. But we now go backstage with Rob Van Dam and Bill Alfonso. Fonzie says that RVD is going to drag Scotty Anton to a five-star match tonight uh, and a five-star ass-whipping. I mean that that second time that second thing maybe but five star no, match. Van Dam sh- should be uh, excited that he's in a match with the Scotty Anton or no Scotty Riggs I should say. Yeah right. Yeah because you know when I look Rob Van Dam is great and all but he's not God. All right. Not American male great. Yeah well he, he's he, he's not a deity. All right he there's no way he's getting a five star match out of Sick Boy. So. <laughs> Just saying. Either way. Uh, RBD says that uh, he's fired up since Anton turned his back on him. And tonight, he'll take him out. But now, when Simon Diamond and Swinger come to the ring for their match, yes, this team. (laughs) Diamond says, quote, Simon and Swinger have a problem. Oh, no. Uh, and then he introduces his supposed problem solver. No, 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 not Tomko. C. W. Anderson. Doing what? I, I guess he's doing like a tribute, but it comes off as more of a horrible cosplay of Arn Anderson with his throat slitting. Right. So we remind everybody that the big star is on the other channel. Right. <laughs> uh, yep. I guess somebody gave him that name, and then he actually, like, asked later on. He, uh, I, I believe, I think he asked Arn. He was like, uh, do you mind? He's like, does that bother you that I'm using that name? And I guess Arn was like, nah, I don't give a shit. He's like, you, I, think, I think it was something along the lines of, do you think my real name's Anderson? I don't give a shit. <laughs> For those that don't know, Arn Anderson was also given the name because he happened to look like another guy named Anderson, so... There you go. I I just don't think that uh, CW looked like Arn at all or Oli, but he had he I I could see it. I mean, he didn't look exactly like him, but he had the hair, the face, kind of. I'm wondering about Carl Anderson. It's like, did he was that supposed to be like from the Anderson family tree, or just he just went with Anderson? I think that's just his name, isn't it? I I have no idea, honestly. Maybe it is. Maybe I'm just full of shit and I don't know it. But anyway. Uh, I could have told you that. <laughs> Anderson gets stopped midway to the ring by Joe E. Dangerously. It was Joe, right? Joe E. Dangerously? Lou. Uh, Lou. Lou E. Dangerously. God, why did I think Joe? By Lou E. Dangerously, a.k.a. Sign Guy Dudley, and Electra trying to get Anderson to uh, join the new Dangerous Alliance. Anderson shoes them off and ignores them. You know, like a rational person. This was so stupid. The new dangerous alliance that nobody knows exists. <laughs> I will say, 
I think this, you might have used the uh, other stars, the bigger stars in the channel too soon. Yeah, well, the other thing about this is he's imitating another guy who is there. So, uh, but it's still a parody, and you like to say parody is lazy, so. It really is. It was a little funny, I'll admit. He did look a lot like Heyman from certain angles, especially from behind, but yeah, it's just like, God. This match is... Louis dangerously. <laughs> yeah. How many times did Joey Styles say that? He had to make sure we knew his nickname was The Boss. Yeah. Yeah, because people will take that seriously. <laughs> but this match is Simon Diamond, Sw- Swinger, and C.W. Anderson versus Danny Doring, Roadkill, and Kid Cash. This goes about 11 minutes. So, business is about to pick up, and I'm not being sarcastic about that. This wasn't like an all-time classic or anything, but... So, this was filled with high spots and excitement. Kid Cash wins with the moneymaker on Swinger. Uncle Dave gave it three and a quarter stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it three. It was pretty decent. It was fun. People, like, jumping all over the damn place. And I will say this now, I... I am not saying this as a, oh, well, he could have done big things in one of the other companies, whatever. I'm just saying he, you know, he was damn good. Roadkill is shockingly good. Like, and really looks good. like that. <laughs> right. The, uh, the angry Amish chicken plucker. Chickens. I, I always loved that. Doring would cut some long promo, whatever. Then they would just go to him and he'd be like, chickens. Like, what the <laughs> Best promo in all of wrestling. Yeah, right. But he was, uh, you want to talk about a big load. Not quite Sal, like big Sal load, but he was a big one. Either way. Did you ever notice he had some like really small chicken legs? I did not notice that, but next time I watch a match of his, I'm going to be looking out for it. (laughs) We go backstage now with Rhino. He tells the Sandman that, Sandman that he loved putting his wife in the hospital and making his kids cry. He then shouts and grunts a lot. That's the major gist of it. Dude, I'm sorry. And lo- he is sweating like a whore in church, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, I was watching this segment when my wife walked in the room and she takes one look at the screen and goes, he looks like he's been masturbating a lot. <laughs> I'm like, why is that your go-to? Like, uh, he's dripping sweat and looks like, uh, uh, it's like, oh, he was clearly whacking it. <laughs> Good God. I will say, I love, I love Rhino. I've always liked Rhino. But dude, him and his promos in ECW sucked. Because it all consisted of F-bomb, 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 uh, yell, scream, I'm the big f and deal. And that was about it. I mean, am I, am I wrong? Nope. Yeah, it wasn't... In th- I will say I laughed my ass off because the, the event that he put Sandman's wife in the hospital is now in the archives. It was Hardcore Heaven 2000. He gores Sandman's wife through a table and then I think hits a rhino driver on her through a table. And then it was, uh, the event was on Mother's Day weekend. He grabs a mic and before he leaves, he goes... Happy Mother's Day, you f***ing bitch. And then, <laughs> then leaves. I don't know why that popped me. Do you ever notice like, whenever a woman in ECW went through a table via, via pile driver, they're always wearing short dresses. Yeah. Like I, wonder that was that was, 
Yeah, I was literally about to say, I wonder if that was an edict down from Paul Haney. Uh, <laughs> you're going through a table tonight, Pam, so if you could, wear uh, shorty shorts, or uh, even better yet, wear a small skirt, ma'am. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Be like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about wearing this uh, these pants, so if I may have another volley, ma'am, how about this tiny skirt? We need the upskirts. That will get us the ratings. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, this next match, it is Steve Carino with, hey, we haven't got him in, on the show in a couple of weeks, man, with Jack Victory. Hi, Spot. We stole the Spot. Again. We stole the promo again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, and he's taking on Jerry in about 15 and a half minutes. Or as I like to call him, the, uh, the love child of Chad Kroger and Kenny Omega. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Ah, uh, man. Uh, but we get a jump start as Jerry Lynn rushes uh, and rushes them and beats them down. Uh, both guys, by the way. Carino gets busted open. I missed how. Uh, but it's a day that ends in Y, so of course he's going to bleed buckets. This one was pretty fun, I thought, and I really enjoyed it. And they switch back and forth pretty seamlessly between actual wrestling and then just beating the crap out of each other with weapons. Uh, Jerry Lynn finally hits the cradle pile driver and gets the pin. Uncle Dave gives yet again gives this three and a quarters, and I yet again give this three and a half. What say you? Uh, I love this match. I gave it four. It was really good. Uh, I thought Steve it was Carino, one of the better ones of the whole night. Yeah. Oh, for, absolutely. I, I would say there's three matches in a row here. Not spoil the next one here, but uh, they're all pretty damn good. This one, I really liked it. Steve Carino, every time he's on an ECW card, I always look forward to his match. Must bleed. <laughs> of, of course, yeah. It's like the Ric Flair effect. Like I said, a day that ends in Y, therefore, must bleed. And not just bleed, but effing just poor blood, man. Uh, and oh, he had blonde hair, so... Yep. And uh, Jerry Lynn's another one. When, when I see that he's on the card, uh, I... Look forward to his matches. He hardly ever disappoints. Either way, we now go backstage with Sandman and his wife in the Sandman's locker room, where the Sandman is, <gasps> shockingly, smoking and drinking. <laughs> so out of character for him. <laughs> but, Sam- oh, man. <laughs> but Sandman says that it tore him, and it, it tore him hold up. On, hold on, what's that a locker room? Yeah, because you could see like the vanity in the back. You sit. It looked like they're at home. It it was definitely a locker room of some sort, or a, or a, I should say a dressing room. I I don't know if there's a different. I guess there's a difference between a dressing room and a locker room because you had the the sitting area there. You had the vanity in the back, and then the, the little yeah. Because like room. I said, this definitely looked like they were just sitting in the living room of their house. That's what I thought at first until they started until the the next part of the segment. And I was like, ah, okay. And because security gets involved, they're clearly at the at the uh, arena. Unless uh, Sandman has public restroom and random ECW security dudes in his house. So, well, which... it's ECW, so I can I can go with the public restroom. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. He makes ECW money, so he's got to have a public restroom in his house. Sandman says that it tore him uh, tore him and his wife up having to see her in the hospital and uh, for seven weeks. Apparently, she was in the hospital for seven damn weeks. Like, good God, man. Uh, and he says he's going to tear Rhino up tonight. Rhino sneaks in behind well, him. What? 
Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Rhino sneaks in from behind and hits him with a Singapore cane because, of course, before dragging the sand. What did this is? 2023? Before dragging the Sandman's wife to the effing toilet and trying to shove her face in it. I'm like, what the hell, bro? Good for you. <laughs> what is it with ECW and wanting to abuse the crap out of this man's wife? You're going to would... abuse her. Yeah, bro, abuse her, bro. <laughs> bro, it's bring your wife to work week. We're going to abuse the crap out of her, bro. Whatever. But anyway, Sandman <sighs> jumps Rhino from behind now before security rushes in to break it all up. So he just happened had... to be sitting around. They took this long to come in, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you see Rhino walking towards the Sandman's locker room holding a Singapore cane. He's not coming in to wish him happy birthday. <laughs> Where do you get those Singapore canes at? Uh, Singapore Canes are us, I, I assume. We haven't got that one on the show in I, a while. I am pretty sure that Tony Khan and uh, Triple H maybe have, have uh, them on like a wholesale. Because yeah, right, no matter right. the channel, no matter the show, no matter the company, someone's going to hear the Kinder Stick every week. Well, yeah. They're uh, all good Oh yeah, they keep them in business. It's like a giant warehouse, and they got like uh, one of those subscription deals where they just—it's a reoccurring shipment every month. <laughs> one to Jacksonville, one to Connecticut. But uh, at the commentary table now, they call out Don Marie, who flirts with Cyrus. Look, I will admit, Looking I fast like forward that. Exactly. I will admit, I fast forward through this, but uh, at the same time, man, it's a. Uh, Hard not to stare at Don Marie, man. And all oh, she, the way live. She did nothing for him. She was no Kenny Omega. <laughs> Good God. 69 me, Don. <laughs> A real quote on TV. Go look it up if you don't believe us. Yep. <laughs> look, I'm not just pulling this out of my ass. If I was pulling quotes out of my ass, that wouldn't be the one. Uh, speaking of pulling stuff out of my ass, New Jack comes out on crutches now. I guess to cut a promo. Uh, however... The Baldies save us all and jump his ass from behind and throw him in the ring. You know, you're talking you're talking really about Curtin always getting taken out to open the show. The Baldies are always taking on New Jack. That was another thing too. Or something. What, like what, like, what did they have against him, man? Because normally it's somebody saying the N-word to New Jack, according to him. They must did he call them like uh Guidos or something? I don't know. Uh, I guess. I don't know the uh, origins of their feud. I, I guess because I obviously Devito is Italian. So what did he call him a WAP or something? Like call it say he's, he's looking a little waspy today. Like I have no I idea. I'm touching that. I like what it, what the, I don't know what or like uh, what Angel is. I'm going to assume Hispanic of some sort. So I'm just going with the racial component. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go with the racial aspect of this because this is literally everything about New Jack. All comes back to somebody called him the N-word, so we stabbed a mother effer. <laughs> but either way, they beat the piss out of New Jack. I like how, by the way, he's not wrestling on the show, not even cutting a promo. Thank God. Right. We see him for literally like a minute, and he gets effing staple gunned. Right. Because like, why not? Because him, right? But anyway, finally, Chris Chetty, with uh, platinum blonde hair now, and Nova run out to attack Dabaldi's. By the way, uh, the reason I don't watch on Peacock is because uh, I watch like an actual like uh, 
pay-per-view rip or whatever of the events. I know where to I know where to find them, and they have the original theme music. I had no idea that Nova and Chris Chetty came out to uh, Intergalactic by. Um, well, that was that uh, was just Nova's theme, but yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, okay. Yeah, I makes sense since his name is Nova, but yeah. Well, I, I remember when he, Boys. when he I think it was uh, the last ever pay per view. He drops the Supernova thing, and he starts using "Bang Your Head" from Quiet Riot. I remember that. Which I is a weird ass transition. Yeah, right. Yeah, you go from Beastie Boys to Quiet Riot. Quite <laughs> a jump. Not uh, yeah, that's something. But uh, I like his attire here. He's he's uh, wearing a Flash getup. That was pretty cool. But this match here is the Baldies of Angel and DeVito taking on Chris Chetty and Nova. It goes about four and a half minutes. By the way, I was wrong. It's the next match that's a really good one. This one is... It's okay. But in the end, Chetty hits the Amityville Horror on Angel, followed by both men hitting the Tidal Wave for the win. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I gave it an even dose. What say you? Two. It was fine. It, it, it didn't suck. There weren't weapons used, uh, you know, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the only match all night where weapons weren't used? I, I didn't keep an eye on that, but it sounds like you might be right, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. The next match, actually, I th- maybe weapons were used. I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe they, oh, uh, yeah, they definitely were. Okay, so played into the finish. But we'll get into that here in a second. Uh, first, backstage, this promo, man. My God. Tommy Dreamer talks about how much he loves wrestling, but wrestling doesn't always love him back. He says that Just Incredible likes to do things the easy way, whereas Tommy Dreamer does things the hard way. Uh, I mean, does being, Aldo, does being Aldo Montoya count as doing things the easy way? <laughs> you brought that up. I mean, I'm just, you know, refuting the point here with hard facts. Owned with facts and logic. Anyway. (laughs) But he bashes TNN because they all have to do that on this night. Yeah, there's unions. Yeah. Dreamer keeps... Talk about your opponent, talk about your match, bash TNN, boom. Yeah, right. But Dreamer keeps repeatedly headbutting the lockers, busting himself open. Yuck. Like... Why does oh, it, this comes down to that? He's hardcore. He's hardcore. Like, yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means you're dumb. Anyway, but up next, it is. I actually like this match. It is Little Guido with uh, Big Sally Graziano in his corner. He's got to get more Big Sal on the show. Uh, <laughs> first versus Psychosis who apparently, I'm assuming, just got fired from WCW. And oddly enough, is in his full, like, psychosis getup without the mask. It's like, why? But anyway... Uh, I mean, he lost the mask in WCW. I assume he wanted to just keep it going. Yeah. It's like, why don't you pull a Rey Myster- what Rey Mysterio would eventually do? It's like, just put it up back on, man. Like, who can- you know, Eric Bischoff's not, not the- making you keep it off anymore. But they're also taking on Yoshihiro Tajiri and Mikey Whipwreck with Sinister Minister in his corner. This is a four-way dance. It goes uh, 9 minutes, 17 seconds. So this was originally supposed to be a three-way dance, but during the introductions, Mikey Whipwreck comes out and just 
joins the match because how many times have we seen this three way dance? Yeah. Well, now they added psychosis, Greg, so it's new, hot, fresh, and new. Uh, by the way, you like how during the match, my, uh, Joey Styles has to remind us. Oh, would you believe me if I told you Mikey Whipwreck successfully defended the ECW title against Steve Austin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shut up, Joey. <sighs> grief. But, yeah. Like, just comes out and joins the effing match. Because that is just something you can do in ECW. Because, what rule book? Rules are for nerds. Oops. But, after Big Sal drives Whipwreck into the ring post, Guido pins him to eliminate him. Tajiri then pins Psychosis with a bridging German suplex. In the end, Tajiri pins Guido after uh, spitting the green mist in his face, then hitting a brain buster on a chair. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter. I give it three and a half yet again. What say you? I gave it three. I might have given it a four if I hadn't seen this a million times. Yeah, right. My, I, I believe you told me you weren't like a big Mikey Whipwreck fan, but I thought he was pretty damn good, especially like here. Like, I just never bought into the whole, hey, he was a ring boy or whatever he was, or ring crew guy. Now, I'm supposed to just like him? Yeah. I mean, they did the same thing with Cheeseburger and Ring of Honor. I still don't see crap in him either. Dude, he's like 90 pounds soaking wet with bricks in his pockets, man. <laughs> like, uh, they cool. tried to, and they tried to rebirth all this, like a little bit less with uh, Colin Delaney. Do you remember that? Yeah. Mm, didn't, that didn't work so much. Not that this, well, I guess this did kind of work, but yeah. yeah. And you, can almost, you can almost throw James Ellsworth in there too. I was literally, but yeah, you read my mind. I was literally about to say James Ellsworth. Cause the only thing is cause he looked goofy and he said something stupid before his match. <laughs> he was literally out there to get buried by Braun. And then next thing, you know, and then Anybody like, with two hands has a chance. I mean, he's yeah. not wrong, but, so are you saying people with without hand with like just one hand can't beat anybody up? Yeah. I, yeah. I guess so. And then WWE had the bright idea, hey, how about we turn this little nerd into a heel? Yeah. Well, well first they had him being uh Dean Ambrose's little psychic. Uh, you, you, can, you can cut it, but being his little bitch. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. That's that's appropriate. That also <laughs> That whole thing also got him on Jericho's list, so you know, there was that. Yeah, the lexicon of La Champion. But yeah, I don't know. This, uh, I, I, I thought Mikey Whipwreck was pretty good. He didn't look like shit, but I, I always thought he put on pretty decent matches ninety percent of the time. So, and I mean, you, yeah, you could make the argument he was always in the ring with guys who were really talented. You usually. Oh, well, like, there you go. You kind of undid your whole argument. Yeah, but at the same time, it kind of takes two to tango most of the time. So, like I said about Rob Van Dam, it's like, dude, you're not God, okay? <laughs> you know, you have limits. I don't think God smokes weed like that. <laughs> no, no. He, he's high on uh, other things, you know. He's just, he's high in the clouds. However, like God, he can float. So there's that. Yeah. But we now go to Justin Credible and Francine backstage. Francine looking all the way live, looking like only she can look. Credible says that for years, the pay-per-view and TV industries have tried to hold ACW down. Here we go again. <laughs> yep. Look, man, I, I get it. But at the same time, I think y'all did a good enough job holding yourselves down for years. So <laughs> there's that. 
But he says I want to say that if the day ever came where AEW got kicked off of Turner, Tony Khan would have his guys do all this TBS and TNT. <laughs> yeah, right. Darren Damn Team. Oh, man. And you know, uh, he's got the two biggest trolls in the history of pro wrestling on his side, too, so you know they would do it. Yep. <laughs> but he says that if he has to dive into barbed wire, he'll do it to just to leave as ECW champion. Yeah, cool. that's what we need. Yeah. Yeah, barbed wire, blood, death. Uh, this is essentially out of Montoya versus the idiot with suspenders. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, you know what I was thinking? Now that they have Max, I mean, I realize they've had HBO Max for a while, but Max are trying to expand more or whatever. Uh, you know, I, I'm wondering, it's like, why don't they put a section on, because it's been around for long enough at this point, why don't they put a section on, on Max like they do for, like, uh, you can go to, like, Turner Classic Movies and uh, uh, I think it's Chibley or Shibley or whatever, I don't know, the, the anime stuff and wh- all the all the other, like, sections they have and now Discovery. Like, have one on there for AEW and put their archive stuff on there. I think it's coming. I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, that I did be, hear something about All Out might be on, on Max, so. That would be great. I mean, I don't. Because, like, I don't because they're a week argument. apart, so. Yeah, I don't see a good argument against this stuff right there. And if you're really trying to drive subscriptions, I mean, there are some AEW loyalists that would sign up in a heartbeat. You talk about uh, the you just, I mean, You just said that AEW would drive subscriptions. Wow. Okay. They do have a they do have a rabid fan base, and people who like AEW don't necessarily subscribe yet. So, I mean, it's not going to drive anybody away from the service. So, the people who have it have it, but the people who don't, well, yeah. don't like also, AEW, there's a million ways to get it for free too. Right. Like, I have it for free through Comcast. So there's that. The yeah, are you talking HBO or? Max or whatever the F. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, and you can like or hate AEW all you want, but I, I've never thought more content was a bad thing. Like I see zero arguments against it. Well, it can be when you present the good stuff on said content. Yeah. I mean, it's something, man. Anybody will watch it. So I think to be, if I remember correctly, has uh, Lucha Underground. I was like, holy crap, really? <laughs> that was a random one. That's still around? No, no, it's like old stuff from Lucha Underground. Didn't Tubi uh, uh, go uh, get the pay now? Not that I know of. I have it downloaded. I have never paid for it. But then again, I haven't opened it in a couple months. So, either way. Uh, this next match is Rhino defending the ECW World Television title against the Sandman. Just over eight and a half minutes. I like the way fact, by the way... <laughs> I like the fact, by the way, that Sandman is wearing a Sandman comic book t-shirt. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was clever. And, yeah. And not, not Sandman from, like, Spider-Man. Sandman from uh, the, like, the Dark Horse comics, for anybody that doesn't know. I think Raven uh, also wore that shirt. Oh, yeah, I I do remember Raven wearing it. But uh, Sandman has a cane right away and breaks it over Rhino's head. What did I just say? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was kind of Sandman's gimmick, so I could forgive it here. But uh, Rhino no-sells this damn thing. 
and uh, <laughs> yeah, they uh, they bring a section of guardrail into the ring to slam each other on because reasons. Jack in victory and Steve <laughs> Car- and Steve Carino rush the ring now and uh, and beat the crap out of Sandman. You got to get more Jack victory on this show, man. I was Holy excited God. as hell. Like, man, we need more Jack victory. I felt bad for Rhino because he was about to steal the segment, man. But anyway, Spike Dudley now runs out in a leg cast. I'm like, why did I see this coming? Because like every time, like big dudes are brawling and stuff, they got to throw him in there. Remind us that he's a pipsqueak that's going to get killed for comedy relief or something. Right. Uh, well, you know, and if I want somebody backing me up against three grown men, it's a small dude in with one leg. <laughs> Like, good God, if anything, it's a liability. Like, think about it, dude. How many times have you seen him beaten up by Mike Austin and Bigelow and Rhino, Big Dick yeah. Dudley, Big Sal? That was his thing, man. Either way, they both hit the 3D on Steve Carino. Rhino is up, and he takes out the... There, he takes them both out, rather. He gores Spike in the corner, and then hits a Rhino driver to that poor MFR. Through did you, a notice, table on, on did the you floor. notice on there, dude? His, I swear his neck was like hella low. He could have legit broke his neck. Oh, man. I didn't notice that, but yikes. I think Rhino did it fairly safe where he kind of leaned back with it so that his ass 1,000% broke the fall. But That's a big yeah. ass, too. <laughs> right. Uh, for anybody out there that doesn't know, I was, I was caught in the very little bit of wrestling training I had. I was taught when you're taking the pile driver to make sure you're safe. When you wrap your arms around their, their thighs, uh, kind of put them like flatten your hands out and put them up over your head. And if, if there's room between your hands and your, and the top of your head, you're good. Or so, just don't it, do the stupid move. Yeah. Or that too. But, uh, either way, uh, he, like I said, he rhino driver, that little MF off the apron, through a table, outside the ring. Uh, finally, Rhino hits a Rhino driver on the Sandman, on the guardrail to get the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it dose and a half stars. What say you? I gave it two. It was okay. But, man, I had a... I, I looked at it like, was this supposed to be a match, or just like a, two drunks in a bar fighting, and then some friends join in? Yes. <laughs> I had a friend years ago who is a faithful ECW like freak. You want to talk about freakazoids, man? Like he was rabid for ECW. Like he watched like Brian Myers Sp- rabid. Oh yeah. Well, it was it was must watch TV for him, man, because it was like he would watch WCW, he would watch uh, WWF, but when it came to ECW, he made sure he was there watching it live every week no matter what always ordered the pay-per-views had the toys all of it but uh sorry yeah right yeah well he was a weirdo so that should tell you something i'm friends with you i mean i've said right you and i do have an eclectic group of friends so you know (laughs) but uh yeah he hated rhino hated him and his reasoning was he said it was clear as day Paul Heyman wanted himself a Goldberg, so he brought in Rhino to drill through everyone. 
That is hard to argue. Yeah, dude, he came in and just beat the shit out of everyone. He ran through them like diarrhea after a long night at Taco Bell. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and we're talking about ECW, we're not all right? For a sponsor or anything? So luckily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, if, if Taco Bell is willing to sponsor us, I do eat quite a bit of Taco Bell. So you know, and no, I do not have the diarrheas all the time, but. Uh, but I was going to say, talking about ECW and diarrhea go hand in hand, okay? That's very true. But either way. Uh, you just turn that, off some listeners, but whatever. <laughs> ah, well, well, they, look, they, they bought the ticket, you know, they, they saw the ride, they still bought the ticket, all right? You know, take your seat, shut the F up. But after the match, Rhino busts open a beer and pours it all over himself. We then go to commentary where uh, we get more Don Marie bouncing around. Not a bad way to use camera time. And now it's this. It is yeah. Scott, Scotty Anton taking on Rob Van Dam with Bill Alfonso is, in his this corner. This is Scotty Riggs versus Robbie V. Hell yeah, they're Christian names. <laughs> this goes about 19 minutes. Uh, I love how Scotty, by the way, is being called the U.S. male. Yeah. Or, like, God yeah, that was, uh, dang. That was good. That's good quality stuff right there, man. He still came out doing the stupid effing overhead clap. Like, <laughs> freaking hell. That at this point he hadn't done in, God, was four years. Right. Yeah. See, he's reminding us of this crap. Like, yeah, thanks, man. Like, Buff has done moved on and left that way in the rear view. You're still holding on to it. That tells me how sad your career is. It's like when uh, Virgil comes out to the NWO music on the uh, indies. <laughs> uh, my favorite was, didn't you, I think you were the one that told me one time he came out to the Wolfpack theme. Like, uh, no. No, I was a mutual friend that told you that because he told me the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, what the frick? Why? <laughs> because why not? Yeah. But uh, also, a big-ass sign right on hard cam says... Yeah, uh, I saw it. <laughs> it says Anton should have called in sick. <laughs> Did it, everyone? Because his name was Sick Boy when he was in Raven's Flock in WCW. No, no, he wasn't Sick Boy. He was just he Riggs. Wasn't? No, he wasn't. Oh, he was Scotty Riggs? Oh, okay. I, I thought he was... Who the hell was Sick Boy? I don't know who he was, but... I did get okay. the play on that, though, because you were in the same uh, group. So that's... Okay, so then I don't get that sign at all. Because I they're both in the flock. Uh, okay. I still kind of... That's weird. It would have made more sense if he was Sick Boy, so never mind. Anyway, in the end, even after a five-star frog splash, Rob Van Dam wants to make sure he's good and dead. So he hits that Van Terminator for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave this trace stars. What say you? I gave it two. It wasn't that I didn't think it was that great. But I also think okay. this was the, I think this was the debut of the Van Terminator, by the way. I want to say yes, because they made a big deal out of it. If yeah, it wasn't the this. debut, then he never really whipped it out that much. So I mean for obvious reasons. I mean, can you like he seems like he kills himself every time he freaking does it. He's no Shane McMahon, but... Oh, yeah. 
that's like uh, Britt Baker saying, oh, you may have headlined WrestleMania, but I headlined Daly's Place. <laughs> hey, Shane like delivered it to Vince McMahon. You know, bizarre wrestling. Can you already say that? Nope. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, yeah, Rob Van Dam actually delivered it and, you know, big time, like, main event style matches. We now get a promo before the main event of all of what led us to the just incredible Tommy Dreamer feud with Francine turning her back on Dreamer for credible. Uh, wait a minute. You mean to tell me Francine is a backstabbing bitch? No. Because <laughs> nobody saw that coming. After, after literally years of her feuding against Dreamer on the side of Shane Douglas and the, the uh, triple threat, now we're expected to believe, ah, no, you know what? She's cool now. All's forgiven, dude. Yeah, all right. Water under the bridge. All right. You're it's fine. Come on in. Give me a damn break. Hey, he's almost it just a shows, sting. That just shows dreamer stupidity. Yeah, right. Like I said, he's about as gullible as Sting, man. <laughs> sting, who the only tag partner he's ever had or ally he's ever had that never turned on him was Robocop. <laughs> Uh, I'm, and that's not hyper uh, like hyperbole, by the way. That is, <laughs> this is real. Halloween Havoc ninety one, I want to say ninety. I don't ninety, yeah, ninety. The only reason I know that is because there's this thing going around Facebook that's like or uh, Twitter. I mean, that's like, uh, well, type into the GIF thing. They're like, just type the year you were born into the GIF, whatever, and post whatever GIF comes up. And I put in nineteen ninety, and up comes. Sting and effing RoboCop, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, way, I, when, I, was... when I get that one, I get David Lee Roth from Van Halen's Jump. <laughs> nice. Uh, by the way, no, it, it was a uh, Capital Combat was the show. Because I now in the well, archives, forgive me, I, I figured it fit well with Halloween Havoc, but I would have. It it definitely would have, but no, it it goes with the crap that was Capital Combat. Which, by the way, like I said, now in the archives. We have fun with it. Sometimes the worst shows make for the best podcasts. So go check it out. Anyway, uh, that takes us to our second to last break. On the other end of this, it is main event time. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, 
Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Main event. It is just incredible with Francine. He's defending the ECW title against Tommy Dreamer with Jazz and Gorgeous George in his corner. Yes, Macho Man's gorgeous George. Why was she here? I think this is what she got fired for doing porn, right? She didn't do porn. It was uh, chastity. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. That's why I was I was hella confused. Well, she was a stripper. I know that. But I think uh, that's why her and Macho ended up breaking up because he wanted her to stop being a stripper and she wanted to go back to being a stripper. Who, by the way, like, ha- you know, gets a career... Like, you know, in wrestling or whatever, you, ha- you have a good career path going there. You could do something. You're good looking. You could model or whatever. And you're like, no, no, no. I want to go back to being a stripper in shady nightclubs. American dream, dude. I guess so. Bro, boobs. I think that's the tagline of this podcast. Bro, boobs. But anyway. That sounds kinky. This is a stairway to hell ladder match. <laughs> it's a stairway to hell ladder match that goes about 15 minutes. So the point of this is, yeah, there's a spool of barbed wire hanging from the rafters. You have to climb the ladder and retrieve said barbed wire, and then you can use said barbed wire. But you don't win; you just can use it. Right. Cool. Well, no one's ever a winner in each of you show, dude. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah. My first note was, what the hell is Gorgeous George doing here? <laughs> by the way, I don't think they could call her Gorgeous George because uh, that trademark is actually owned by Macho Man. So when she comes out, they do the typical ECW crap of, they're like, "What's that's George, what's she doing here? And then uh, Don Marie goes, oh, George is looking gorgeous. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see what you did there. Like, shut the F up. Anyway, so this is what we were referring to in the opening of the podcast, by the way. So there are XPW, and I use this term with the loosest of senses, wrestlers in the front row. (laughs) It was, I think it was like Supreme uh, and, uh, well, I don't think Messiah was there, but there were, I, I don't know all the damn XPW people. If you do... Yuck. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. That That is one thing we will never branch out to on the show. We will never cover an XPW show. Hate to spoil everybody's fun. But no. I I don't mind torturing myself sometimes. I tolerated uh, ECW and we did All Out or All In. Yeah, we did All In. Yeah, I will not touch no. XPW. We've done UWF. Uh, we've branched out to, you know... A lot of things. I mean, we've done WCCW and whatever else. Uh, we've done Ring of Honor, TNA, and AWA, New, J- 
New Japan, AWA. I mean, we, we've done a lot. But, yeah, no. XPW, no thank you. I'd rather do a uh, uh, Nick Gage match. Yeah, I, I would seriously rather cover GCW. And uh, I'm not doing that either. So, <laughs> uh, no thank you. But anyway, they're in the front row. They try to get on camera and make a spectacle of themselves. But security and a bunch of guys from the locker room rush out and escort them out of the building. First you thing I, I, I think about, like, it's the exact same thing in ECW Invasion Monday Night Raw. You realize that? Right. Right. They're literally ripping off their own stuff. <laughs> well, on the XPW dark side of the ring, they talk about this. They literally went, a bunch of them bought tickets, and their whole idea was they were going to stand up. and Well, they wanted to bring, like, wear T-shirts or whatever, but I guess they weren't, they didn't want to tip them off, because if they did, they would have been kicked out. And the morons bought tickets soft camera side, where you can't see them. Right. So, like... <laughs> well, really? now, hold on, to be fair, you think these morons know what a hard camera is? Yeah, right. Yeah, you have to have a hard cam to know what the hell it is. These idiots are lucky if they have a camera. Held by a fan. Well, I, I can't say that. They... probably a bag of Cheetos and Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't really say that. I'm being unfair, Greg. They had all those cameras they used for, you know, that double as their porn cameras. So, hey, those not... are high-quality cameras, man. Eh, well, depends on what kind, I guess. But, yeah. Uh, and I'm not joking, by the way. They literally said XPW had quite a bit of money because of porn. The owner, Rob Black, had a porn business where he sold a lot of DVDs and tapes and crap like that. So, and that, nowadays, he probably won't make a dime off stuff like that. <laughs> now nah, he'd have to buy into one of the websites, like the subscription websites and crap. But, yeah. <sighs> How do anyway. you know this? There are subscription websites out there. I, I guarantee that whoever the hell the guy is owns OnlyFans is making break off of some lonely mofos. But they, uh, they make a little bit of a spectacle of themselves, but not a whole lot. Uh, Just Incredible then shouts ECW into a mic, you know, a cheap pop. Hey, he said the hey, show that we're watching. That's the show we're at. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, Justin gets busted open at one point because someone had to bleed here. Tommy Dreamer climbs. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer climbs the ladder uh, on the second level of, in the crowd. So like that that first tier uh, or that second tier, I should say, in the in the crowd, they set up a ladder there. Dreamer climbs it and freaking Incredible shoves it over, so he crashes to the floor. Like God dang, why? See, as you can see, the more you fuck around the more you're going to find out. Like, that's unnecessarily dangerous and stupid. But anyway, inside the ring, when uh, Francine low blows Dreamer when he's on the ladder, Dreamer effing falls back onto her. <laughs> like, my, oh, damn. No, my only note for that was like, who's at fault here? Right. Hey, I, was I like, did he, that. <laughs> like, did he slip? Did he not realize that he... Because when she low blows him, I think his like legs instantly like went together. It's like, did you accidentally trap her arm and didn't realize it and just freaking fell? Like, damn, brah. That's... uh Like, Tommy Dreamer's not huge, but he's a way bigger dude than Francine and just came crashing on top of her ass. 
Uh, don't pop them. Anyway, Jazz and George now go to attack Francine, who uh, I think she's done at this point, man. But, you know, got to get the angle in. But uh, George turns on Jazz. Yeah, this was, you know what? We had so much building to this, man. All the tensions and storylines. Freaking gorgeous George turns on Man, this was leading somewhere. But anyway, Jazz eventually gets the advantage, takes out George, and then rips Francine's dress off. Bro, boops! And sends her running to the back. To the back! Uh, credible hits. That's incredible on Jazz. Yeah, abuser, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Good God. Uh, Dreamer eventually gets the uh, or gets the hanging barbed wire down. In the end, Dreamer eats a That's Incredible on the barbed wire so that Credible can retain the title. What a damn mess. Uncle Dave gave this two and a quarter stars. I give it two and a half. Average. What say you? I gave it two. I do think that that dreamer cutter was pretty sweet, though. Yeah, but God, man, like I had never this, seen that at, at, to this point. This match was just like this was the main event. ECW yeah. main events were typically not very good. I, I guess. Well, why are you all shocked right now? Ah, uh, yeah, I know. I my thing is like I guess I can't really put that all on them and them alone because you and I always talked about that with WCW like the undercard is where it's at the main event was just kind of there WWE was the opposite <laughs> right yeah because in WCW the main event arguably I mean I, I don't think there's any argument to it the, the main event in WCW always was the draw they always it was the the big time match that was built up usually for the world title or a celebrity or something like that Nine times out of ten, it wasn't very good. But the undercard was great. And, yeah, to your point, the w, the, the uh, undercard in WWF was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. You get to the main event, it's like, damn. You know, you had some of the biggest stars in the world, uh, you know, working their asses off, man. But, anyway, Francine runs back out to the ring in a large Just Incredible t-shirt to celebrate with Justin as the show comes to a close. And that takes us to our final break, mercifully enough. On the other end of this, we're going to tell you final ratings and what's coming up in the, the coming weeks on the podcast. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we go way room. back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Yeah, hey, hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Slowly, mate. Take it easy. 
Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. We're back. Final ratings time, y'all. Uh, Internet Movie Database gave this 6.8 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 5.55 out of 10. You know what? I didn't hate it. I gave it a 7 out of 10 for C minus. What say you? D plus. D plus, huh? That's not terrible. We've done worse. So, I don't know. Hey, ECW, hold your head up high for that one, man. I don't know. Like I said, I didn't hate this show. It was it was fine. You and I have watched way worse. Especially from this ECW. company. Yeah, right. From this from this very company. So uh, anyway. Well that does it for that, man. Alright. Coming up next week, we're coming at you with some WCW. <laughs> it's uh well the very first show that Hulk Hogan was at, or the very first pay-per-view, I should say, that Hulk Hogan was at, is Bash at the Beach 1994. Obviously, it was big for the Hogan debut against Ric Flair, the match that we finally got. It's funny to think that Austin's on his way out as Hogan's on his way in, and then Austin would go on to be, like, the biggest star in the business. It's kind of ironic how it worked out. (laughs) Yeah, right? I mean, it's uh, we're about, like, three years away. Well, eh, three-ish years away from that but still it's kind of funny uh, that's coming up july 12th july 19th wwf in your house dose this was the lumberjacks that main event you and i talked about uh by the way we were referring to the attitude era and the ruthless aggression era and whatever with the main event being a banger uh this one was uh yeah, I mean, it's not like the undercard was, you know, set records. Oh, I was going to say, house, because but... <laughs> the undercard does deliver here, so, or one match for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is one good match. It's uh, Shawn Michaels and uh, uh, Jeff Jarrett for the Intercontinental title. That actually made it onto the best of In Your House. Uh, it was a VHS back in the day. Yeah, I own that Jeff thing. Jarrett, to this day, calls it his favorite match of his career. It was pretty damn good. I, I loved it. and uh, But the main event, it was... Yeah, it was a lumberjack match. Diesel defends the WWF title against Sid. What about I Sid? Mean, it was what it was, man. You're, you know, God dang it, pal. If we put more people around the ring, maybe it'll disguise the crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think Diesel gets but, hurt in this match legitimately, too. Oh, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> and then Good news. And then he's, he's going to get the legitimate heart at SummerSlam, too. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, oh yeah, because he takes on Mabel. And Mabel sits on his ass. Good grief. It's not just how sits get... on him, he just drops on him. Right. Uh, how do you get hurt? Uh, you know, a big fat guy sat on my back. Like, ah, cool. But that is Double Main Event Week, and we're bringing you more 2000 stuff right here. This is actually before Bash of the Beach 2000. It is, or, I'm sorry, this is right after Bash of the Beach 2000. I, I apologize. This is uh, WCW Nitro from July 18th, 2000. So it's going to be some similar news, uh, but I'll, I'll try to branch out, you know, with some stuff. But, yeah, this was a big time in WCW, a lot changing. And uh, I think Russo is gone right after 
bash, right? No, no, he's there for uh, New Blood Rising still, and then I think he's gone. Oh, oh yeah, New Blood Rising was in 2000. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah now in the archives. No one's going to blame me for forgetting that. <laughs> yeah, well, now in the archives, by the way, New Blood Rising. Uh, if you want to, you know, listen to that. Look, like I said, the worse the show, the funnier we make the podcast, the more entertaining it is generally. Well, that, so we means, close out the- that means that New Blood Rising is our greatest show of all time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, actually, I would argue that the UWF, uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Blackjack Brawl. Yeah, 1994. I think that was one of our best of all time because, man, that was a stanker. Uh, but we had a lot of fun making fun of it. It's a stank on that thing. <laughs> uh, but closing out the month, the main event of the month, if you will, is WCW Bash at the Beach 1998. I don't remember. Well, okay, this this one was headlined by the very publicized Carl uh, Malone and DDP versus Hollywood Hogan and Dennis Rodman match, aka yeah, wrestling. And it delivers. Wink, wink. AKA, yeah, aka wrestling versus uh, basketball. Hey man, two active, big time NBA players main eventing your pay per view. Fresh off the NBA Finals against one another, by the way. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. But. Yeah, that happened, and we'll talk about all that. That'll be fun, going back to 1998. That Look, I love 1998, but looking back, it kind of was a hit-and-miss kind of year for uh, for uh, pay-per-views and such. But either way, uh, that about does it for us. Uh, first of all, happy birthday, America. This is airing on July 5th, so yesterday was uh, the 4th of July, Independence Day for America. I know we have a lot of international listeners that this day means absolutely nothing to you. So, you know, uh, I live in America means nothing to me. So it's okay. You sure about that? You sure about that? Eh, It means something to me because it's the birth of the nation. And uh, I love fireworks and uh, the cookouts and all that good stuff. So fun time. Usually, I I don't know why I always I always look forward to the uh, usually they have like festivals and crap. You go get something fried on a stick and listen to some like middle-aged cover band and you know whatever but hey you know what that is the heart of america greg either way but thank you for joining me today greg mm-hmm. we will see you all next week when we bring you wcw bash the beach 1994